General damages. General damages are monetary compensation for the non-monetary aspects of the specific harm suffered. These damages are sometimes termed pain, suffering, and loss of amenity. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Examples of this include physical or emotional pain and suffering, loss of companionship, loss of consortium, disfigurement, loss of reputation, impairment of mental or physical capacity, hedonic damages or loss of enjoyment of life, etc. This is not easily quantifiable and depends on the individual circumstances of the claimant. Judges in the United Kingdom base the award on damages awarded in similar previous cases. In 2012 the Court of Appeal of England and Wales noted that this court has not merely the power, but a positive duty to monitor and where appropriate to alter the guideline rates for general damages in personal injury actions. General damages in England and Wales were increased by 10% for all cases where judgments were given after April 1, 2013, following changes to the options available to personal injury claimants wanting to cover the cost of their litigation. General damages are generally awarded only in claims brought by individuals, when they have suffered personal harm. Examples would be personal injury, following the tort of negligence by the defendant, or the tort of defamation. General damages in personal injury cases. The quantification of personal injury is not an exact science. In English law solicitors treat personal injury claims as general damages for pain and suffering and loss of amenity, PSLA. Solicitors quantify personal injury claims by reference to previous awards made by the courts which are similar to the case in hand. Judicial college guidelines for the assessment of general damages in personal injury cases are adjusted following periodic review of the awards which have been made by the courts since the previous review. The guidance solicitors will take into account to help quantify general damages are as hereunder. The age of the client. The age of the client is important especially when dealing with fatal accident claims or permanent injuries. The younger the injured victim with a permanent injury the longer that person has to live with a PSLA. As a consequence, the greater the compensation payment. In fatal accident claims, generally the younger deceased, the greater the dependency claim by the partner and children. The nature and extent of the injuries sustained. Solicitors will consider like-for-like like injuries with the case in hand and similar cases decided by the courts previously. These cases are known as precedents. Generally speaking decisions from the higher courts will bind the lower courts. Therefore, judgments from the House of Lords and the Court of Appeal have greater authority than the lower courts such as the High Court and the County Court. A compensation award can only be right or wrong with reference to that specific judgment. Solicitors must be careful when looking at older cases when quantifying a claim to ensure that the award is brought up to date and to take into account the Court of Appeal case in Heil v. Rankin generally speaking the greater the injury the greater the damages awarded. Personal Attributes and Fortitude of the Client This heading is inextricably linked with the other points above. Where two clients are of the same age, experience and suffer the same injury, it does not necessarily mean that they will be affected the same. We are all different. Some people will recover more quickly than others. 
The courts will assess each claim on its own particular facts and therefore if one claimant recovers more quickly than another, the damages will be reflected accordingly. It is important to note here that psychological injuries may also follow from an accident which may increase the quantum of damages. When a personal injury claim is settled either in court or out of court, the most common way the compensation payment is made is by a lump sum award in full and final settlement of the claim. Once accepted there can be no further award for compensation at a later time unless the claim is settled by provisional damages often found in industrial injury claims such as asbestos-related injuries. Statutory damages Statutory damages are an amount stipulated within the statute rather than calculated based on the degree of harm to the plaintiff. Lawmakers will provide for statutory damages for acts in which it is difficult to determine the value of the harm to the victim. Mere violation of the law can entitle the victim to a statutory award, even if no actual injury occurred. These are different from nominal damages, in which no written sum is specified. Nominal damages Nominal damages are very small damages awarded to show that the loss or harm suffered was technical rather than actual. Perhaps the most famous nominal damages award in modern times has been the $1 verdict against the National Football League, NFL, and the 1986 antitrust suit prosecuted by the United States Football League. Although the verdict was automatically trebled pursuant to antitrust law in the United States, the resulting $3 judgment was regarded as a victory for the NFL. Historically, one of the best-known nominal damage awards was the farthing that the jury awarded to James Whistler in his libel suit against John Ruskin. In the English jurisdiction, nominal damages are generally fixed at £5. Many times a party that has been wronged but is not able to prove significant damages will sue for nominal damages. This is particularly common in cases involving alleged violations of constitutional rights, such as freedom of speech. Until 2021, in the United States, there was a circuit split as to whether nominal damages may be used if a constitutional violation had occurred but has since been rendered moot. The Supreme Court decided 8-1 in the 2021 case Uzweg Bunham v. Preksevsky that nominal damages are appropriate means to redress violated rights otherwise now rendered moot. Contemptuous damages Contemptuous damages are a form of damage award available in some jurisdictions. They are similar to nominal damages awards, as they are given when the plaintiff's suit is trivial used only to settle a point of honor or law. Awards are usually of the smallest amount, usually one cent or similar. The key distinction is that in jurisdictions that follow the loser pays for attorney fees, the claimant in a contemptuous damages case may be required to pay their own attorney fees. Traditionally, the court awarded the smallest coin in the realm, which in England was one farthing, one 960th of a pound before decimalization in the 1970s. Court costs are not awarded. Punitive damages, non-compensatory. Generally, punitive damages, which are also termed exemplary damages in the United Kingdom, are not awarded in order to compensate the plaintiff, but in order to reform or deter the defendant and similar persons from pursuing a course of action such as that which damaged the plaintiff. Punitive damages are awarded only in special cases where conduct was egregiously insidious and are over and above the amount of compensatory damages, such as in the event of malice or intent. Great judicial restraint is expected to be exercised in their application. In the United States punitive damages awards are subject to the limitations imposed by the due process of law clauses of the 5th and 14th Amendments to the United States Constitution. In England and Wales, exemplary damages are limited to the circumstances set out by Lord Devlin in the leading case of Rooks v. Barnard. They are Oppressive, 
arbitrary or unconstitutional actions by the servants of government. Where the defendant's conduct was calculated to make a profit for himself. Where a statute expressly authorizes the same. Rooks v. Barnard has been much criticized and has not been followed in Canada or Australia or by the Privy Council. Punitive damages awarded in a U.S. case would be difficult to get recognition for in a European court, where punitive damages are most likely to be considered to violate public order. Aggravated damages. Some jurisdictions recognize a form of damages, called, aggravated damages, that are similar to punitive or exemplary damages. Aggravated damages are not often awarded, they apply where the injury has been aggravated by the wrongdoer's behavior, for example, their cruelty. Restitutionary or disgorgement damages. In certain areas of the law another head of damages has long been available, whereby the defendant is made to give up the profits made through the civil wrong and restitution. Doyle and Wright define restitutionary damages as being a monetary remedy that is measured according to the defendant's gain rather than the plaintiff's loss. The plaintiff thereby gains damages which are not measured by reference to any loss sustained. In some areas of the law this heading of damages is uncontroversial, most particularly intellectual property rights and breach of fiduciary relationship. In England and Wales the House of Lords case of Attorney General v. Blake opened up the possibility of restitutionary damages for breach of contract. In this case the profits made by a defecting spy, George Blake, for the publication of his book, were awarded to the British government for breach of contract. The case has been followed in English courts, but the situations in which restitutionary damages will be available remain unclear. The basis for restitutionary damages is much debated, but is usually seen as based on denying a wrongdoer any profit from his wrongdoing. The really difficult question, and one which is currently unanswered, relates to what wrongs should allow this remedy? Legal costs. In addition to damages, the successful party is often entitled to be awarded their reasonable legal costs that they spent during the case. This is the rule in most countries other than the United States. In the United States, a party generally is not entitled to its attorney's fees or for hardships undergone during trial unless the parties agreed in a contract that attorney's fees should be covered or a specific statute or law permits recovery of legal fees, such as discrimination.